Hi, my name is Mike. And my name is Austin. And this you're listening to the Rough Draft Podcast. Listeners, welcome to this uh, fifth episode of season two of the Rough Draft podcast, our podcast about storytelling, the process of storytelling. Uh, This week on the podcast, Austin will be reading a story that he has written. It's a story with no people about a vacant home. The sun beamed through the broken window, illuminating the summer dust in the air. The house was bare and empty. The plaster had chipped and cracked away from the plasterboard. There were so many holes that you could practically see straight through the inside. There was a staircase that led upstairs, but the second floor had caved in years ago. The roof now leaked heavily, a culmination of the many band-aids previous owners had applied that now left unattended had eroded to a critical point. When it did rain, there was no dry place in the house. A single dormer sat atop the house. The dormer sagged as if it would fall from the roof at any moment. Wires sprawled up the sides of the house from when electricity had been added to the domicile and still more when the electrical had been updated. The house at one point looked like it had been painted green with white trim. The faded paint chipped, exposing bare woodlap siding. Some boards had fallen away, exposing the insulation. Some boards warped and pulled away from the house. The front door hung crookedly from its bottom hinge, and not a single window remained intact except for the one around back for the kitchen. It was almost picturesque, but profoundly sad. What you would picture an old abandoned house to look like, the kind of house someone might like to fix up and rejuvenate. It stood resisting time and entropy, But at this point, the house was beyond saving. The very structure of the house was at risk of failing. In its loneliness, termites, dry rot, the hot sun, the driving rain and wind had chipped away at each and every bit. The building creaked like a house settling, but the sound was more like a groan as the house resisted its ultimate fate. The only pieces of furniture still inside the house were an old enamel-coated wood stove in the kitchen and an upright piano that awkwardly sat in the front entryway. An empty bottle of Cinzano sat atop the piano. The liquor was awkward and out of place and not the kind of liquor you would expect to find in the house. The piano sat there as if the decision to leave it had been made after trying to move the heavy instrument. Was it lack of time or strength that had left it abandoned? As the sun set, bats flew out of the sagging dormer into the purple light of dusk. There was always a slight breeze, and it usually picked up in the evening. Sometimes the breeze was strong enough to swing the front door. As the breeze picked up, the three screws in that bottom hinge could not hold the door as it swung. They ripped free with a crack, and the door fell flat on the porch with a loud and resounding thud. The door's fall echoed to no response other than a bird fluttering away from what it assumed was its perch for the night. Thunder rumbled in the distance, and the outline of towering cumulonimbus clouds could be seen in the fading light. As the light of day passed away, rain began to fall. The rain picked up and soon began to pour. The roof leaked like a colander. 
At first you could hear the tin of rain falling on the old wood stove. Somehow the rain dripped on the old piano, striking one note over and over again, rhythmically. After a short while, a deluge began to pour inside the house that almost seemed louder inside than the storm outside. This continued for most of the night, and the house groaned and cracked as errant boards fell. A large beam fell on the piano, striking a disjointed chord as if it were answering the roar of thunder and rain. The storm went much like it had several times over the summer and was not memorable, much like the house. By first light, everything was soaked. The sun emerged over the horizon. The light shone on the soggy, wet house. Each drip off of the house was illuminated and sparkled as it fell to the ground. Soon the drips dried and the ground was dusty again. The once dry, pitted, and rotted wood of the house had soaked up the rainwater like a sponge. Exposed siding had a darker complexion than it had the day before, and the inside was humid, as it would take a few days of the summer sun to dry the house out. Crows cawed, starting, crows cawed stating their territory for the day. The house groaned much as it had before. At around noon, there was a loud crack, and the dormer sagged lower. For a moment, it seemed as though that would be the only adjustment. It was almost quieter, as for the first time that summer, the breeze had stopped, as if nature was holding it breath so as not to disturb the house anymore. The crows called again, breaking the silence, and the dormer broke free, sliding off the roof and smashing into the front porch steps. Much like someone would expect, this started a chain reaction from the roof down. The house began to lean, and the soaked wooden structure whined as the wood bent but didn't break. The house seemed like it would collapse to the side like a stack of cards, but then the roof caved in. Another disjointed piano chord rang out as the wet wood cracked and crumbled under its own weight. One of the main support beams fell at the back first, and you could hear the clang of the metal stove and the shatter of the enamel. The house didn't fall with much of a crash as one would expect. The soaked wood had turned the house soft, which made it collapse with more of a wet thud. The demolition was over fast with minimal dust. The crows called as they flew away from the site. Soon, silence took back over. In the evening, the breeze picked up again, as it normally does, and the thunder could be heard in the distance. You had kind of told me before we started recording this mm-hmm. uh, this episode that um, that this story would be detail heavy and not include people. I think that's very interesting. I uh, I have never been able to write a story where without that. Um, at least one that I liked, one that I can remember remember off the top of my head, mm-hmm. one that uh, had kind of a third-person omniscient narrator, which this one obviously does because there are no people. Sure. And even thinking back to the stories that you've written for the podcast in the past, I feel like most, if not all of them, have been kind of first-person narratives, mm-hmm. which is what I tend to write as well. Yeah. Um, what was kind of your inspiration for changing that up, and was that difficult for you to write without using like first person pronouns, without bringing in kind of a personal perspective on things and just kind of be an observer, fly on the wall type. 
yeah. narrator. Well, so I wanted to try and do something different mm-hmm. as what I normally done. Uh, and so I was like, I'm just going to write a descriptive story about something. And part of that was because I know most of the stories I've written have talked about someone else um, mm-hmm. or myself or something along Or your the, personal observations right, or anything. Right, exactly. And so um, out of that, I said I want to challenge myself a little bit more and I want to write something different. Um, and also I was, you know, you know, I've been trying to read all of like Ernest Hemingway's stuff. Um, and I was reading like John Steinbeck like the other yeah. day. And they're like two writers, and even um, like Herman Melville. There, you look at a lot of those like classic, like American modernist, like modern like writers like yeah. that, and you just they have a descriptive element yes. within their writing that's like really great. Yeah, um, simple. It feels simple when you're reading it, especially someone like Hemingway. I feel like mm-hmm. not simple in like a negative, but like. Yeah. Simple is often a you, word you that take is used it for, to describe you, his his writing. You like, take it for granted. Yeah. Mundane even, but mm-hmm. like in a in a good yeah. way. And so I really wanted to try and like kind of a just, way you don't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to try and like paint a scene. Um uh in the, in that sense with it. Uh and so I thought a lot a lot along those lines. And so like part of it is like I love the Grapes of Wrath and there's that yeah. part in the beginning where it's like describing pretty much like this dust bowl scene. And so part of it is kind of like inspired by like that, like this abandoned house kind of a yeah. thing. But I didn't want to go like so I, I mean I kind of did go stereotypical, but I didn't want to go super stereotypical um with what I was saying. Um I think that's that's a really good strategy for developing your writing. I'm glad that, that you found inspiration in those authors and that you tried to do, you were, when you sat down to write this story, you were like, I'm going to try to do what I think that, like what I observed that they're doing. I took a creative writing class in college. One of the exercises we did that I thought was really helpful for me, and I mean, memorable even to this day, you know, two, three years later, was we, we were given a short, a very, very short story mm-hmm. from a, from a, some author, not, not a famous author, just like um, it was like a best of 2006 or something like short story collection. And we were, we were asked to read one of the stories. It was like a page long, like maybe 500 words. Mm-hmm. We were asked to read that story and then to do two things to write our own story, not related at all, but in what we thought the style of that author would mm. be. So kind of take our personal style, the way that we write stories out of the equation and try to get in that particular author's headspace mm-hmm. and write a totally new story. Yeah. And then the other thing we were asked to do with the same story was to rewrite that story we had written in our personal style. So like kind of tell the exact same story that they were telling, but, for, but through like the way that we would want to tell it. And I thought that was a really interesting hmm. exercise because it got us to think about writing style in like two different ways. One, like how we would tell someone else's story, but then also how, how someone else would tell another story kind of thing. And I feel like that's kind of uh, a version of what you're doing here, saying mm-hmm. like, I see a pattern of a, like a particular kind of writing that these, these authors I admire are doing and I want to try and emulate that or see if I can recreate that or use their writing as an inspiration for my writing or something like that. I think that's a, like, a really great way to mm-hmm. kind of push yourself into, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's better than, like, a writing prompt or something. It, I mean, because it's self-motivated, but also I think 
this story is, for you, a different kind of story than you've written, certainly this season. You had kind of mentioned that you wanted to get into more of a, like, descriptive style. You wanted yeah. to develop those, those yeah. areas. I think this is a great way to, like, move in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you're still probably interested in characters and people. Sure. Um, but descriptions being something you want to focus on, I think this is a great step uh, in that kind of development of your writing to, to kind of say, like, all right, let's just focus on setting. Let's, I mean, you, there's still action. There's still a story. There's still things happening in this story. There's still, right. like, you know, a, an arc yeah. of what's happening re- in this storm. But I really try to stay away from, like, emotive elements of it yeah. as well and just like purely tried to be descriptive mm-hmm. like I almost like what is happening like strict plot yeah yeah kind of and th- there were a couple of points like I kind I almost got into that there with like the part with the like the piano mm-hmm. like when the, with the line I almost like didn't want to have it um, was, it, was it lack of time or strength that left it abandoned? Yeah. Because that kind of like, that pulled in more of like, a, you know, like was, oh, it was somebody beholden to this or something sure. like that. But, um, but I did want to, I did want to paint the, yeah, I did want to paint the picture that like it sat awkwardly in the house. Yeah. Like I, I like that, that yeah. element of it. And, and you're kind of like, yeah, I think that's, that's still leaving the outcome or the, I guess kind of the motivation open to the reader's perspective. And that's, that's really what I yeah. wanted to create with it, to leave it like open to what the person like thought of that. Um, there's this old Ikea commercial uh, where it shows a lamp and like this person takes the lamp out and they sit on the curb like with the garbage and like it's, it like goes to nighttime and it like starts raining and it's playing this like really sad music and this guy comes on and he's like, why are you feeling sorry for this lamp? It's just a lamp, <laughs> it doesn't have feelings. And it's and it's just like really because all throughout this scenario, I've never seen that. That poor lamp, it was abandoned. And so like I wanted to find this balance of being like, oh, this home is sad, and like, but also like being like, it's also just a house. Like there's nothing, you know. Like it's it's a house that fell over, you know. Like so, it's interesting how you can you can be trying to write a story that doesn't have emotion and yet. Even though there are no humans in it, I was still like, okay, where are the characters? Who am I like hoping succeeds? Like, mm-hmm. where where does my empathy land? Yeah. And it still is like for this poor old house or like that the piano. Yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I I really appreciated the detail of this story, which is I know what you were going for. So mm-hmm. I would say keep up that style. I think keep pushing for more detail. Mm-hmm. I think, especially when you're talking about rough drafts, way better to have more details than few. Yeah. I would say if you were going to look on a more structural, like mm-hmm. nitpicky kind yeah. of feedback on the story, Do it. it's just look for repetition mm-hmm. and remove repetition that is there for repetition's sake and kind of redundant and not repetition that's adding to the story. And instead of repetition that's just there because you don't have a like a better way to describe something, kind of push through that lack of ability to describe that thing in order to find a better way mm. so that you're not just repeating words. There was one thing I just remember hearing that was like the rain began falling or something like that. And it soon picked up and began to pour. And just that like repetition of began and began 
it's 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 really nitpicky, but I feel like no, that's no, no, the that's kind good. of thing that I like. Normally if I, am, I normally am attentive to that, and yeah. I didn't even realize that until yeah. So as I said, as the light of day passed away, rain began to fall. The rain picked up and soon began to pour. Yeah. So I would just say, yeah, the rain began to fall. Mm-hmm. It soon picked up and poured, or mm-hmm. something. You know, just like jumping straight to the verb poured, and and making poured. Yeah. The verb instead of began to pour, where began is the verb and then to pour is like left as an infinitive, mm. that also is just another another change that I would make. So instead of like began to pour, the rain poured. That's that's one thing I would do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just little things like that. There's probably other examples of that in the story. It's really good feedback. If I was doing another draft of this story, that's the kind of thing I'd be looking for. Is like I wouldn't necessarily, usually in a first draft, I'm kind of getting the whole story out, mm-hmm. the plot and everything, yeah. so that by the time I'm doing the second draft, I'm looking on the sentence level, like which things can I say better, specifically sentence to sentence? Which words am I using? How am I using those words? Uh, and like maybe maybe ideas that I want to bring in. I think that's a really good point. Repetition is something that's always like on my mind. Like, yeah. am I using this word too much? Sure. Um, but yeah, there's there's ideas of in that first draft. You're just you're trying to get it out. Yes. And then you're going back later, and you're like, okay, how can I pull out more detail? How can I say what I'm saying better and more succinctly even than, right. than what I'm saying now? Yeah, and repetition can certainly be a useful device. Right. For create like fostering meaning in the story, but you don't want it to be something that you're doing just to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Especially like sentence to sentence. If there's two sentences with the same idea, unless there's a real specific reason that you're doing it, there's Mm -hmm. probably a better way to say one of the two things that you're repeating. Well, Austin, thank you for sharing the story. I really appreciated it. I liked it a lot. I'm excited to see another draft of it. And thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode. Uh, There will be, hopefully, a final draft of this version up soon on our website. There's a couple uh, final drafts of our stories. Not quite everyone, but most. uh, On our website, roughdraftpodcast.com. We also have recently added, thanks to some feedback from uh, some of our listeners, you can now leave comments on the stories on the website. So kind of like a a blog post kind of thing. And um, our gift to you. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So if you if you have thoughts about a, an episode, uh, a recorded episode, or one of the stories themselves, uh, feel free to head to our website and leave a comment. Uh, that comment section is there for you. Keep on reading. Yes. Keep on reading. Keep on writing. That's right. Write 500 words a day, even if it sucks. It will get better. <laughs> <laughs>